1: This is July 26th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Welcome back into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinofsky. Hope you guys are having a great day, a great week. On today's episode, on this week's episode, we discussed, we started with uh, the Matthew Kachuk news, because even though the Bruins are not directly involved in this, he is now in the Atlantic Division. He is now with the Florida Panthers. So we discussed that trade, are the Panthers better, are they worse? What's it going to be like defending Matthew Kachuk for the Bruins? All those things. Then we get into the lineup for the year. Or at least to begin the year, because with the Krejci watch and the Bergeron watch on full effect, I think some people are forgetting, which makes sense because we're f- people are so focused on that, forgetting that Marshan's going to be out to begin the year, McAvoy and Grizzlick will also be out to begin the year. So what are the what's the lineup going to look like? with those guys out so uh, we get into all that in today's episode Uh, you will very much enjoy it as you hopefully enjoy every episode uh, of Bruins Beat but without further ado here's my conversation with Connor Ryan and we're here with Connor Ryan Connor what is up
0: Evan doing well how you doing
1: doing great Doing great. Hopefully we're at the end of this little heat wave that's hitting everywhere. Maybe, hopefully. This, my friends and I actually did an Olympics this weekend. We did uh, a round of golf. We did basketball. We did wiffle ball. We did soccer. This is all outside in like the 100 degree heat. So my whole and body- you're still just, here. I'm still somehow here. My whole body just hurts. I have not athletically done those things in quite a long time. And especially in that heat, it was brutal. Uh, It was, it was understandable, lots of water. We drank so much water uh, and Gatorade. It was just, you know, we could have been sponsored by water and Gatorade uh, this past weekend. So fun times all around, but that was not the biggest news of the weekend. Actually, this is crazy. My friends and I doing Olympics was not the biggest news of the weekend. Crazy to think. What was the biggest news of the weekend? Matthew Kachuk headed to Florida. And this was was this, this was Friday night, right? This is like yep, Friday, at like
0: late, late Friday,
1: late, late Friday night. Um, it's one of those times when it's like, ha, it's, <laughs> poor Panthers and Flames beat writers, you know, have fun, guys. Uh, but very big news. And it's funny because the Kachuk news came out and it said, you know, Matthew Kachuk to Florida was the initial thing. It was like, wow, fl- you know, the Atlantic is just going to be mind bogglingly better than it already was. And Florida is mm-hmm. going to be nasty now because we both said at the time over text where like there's no way like watch Florida give up like a pretty you know not a big bunch of players or picks to Calgary like it'll be a very palatable deal going back to Calgary and then the deal came out Huberto Mackenzie Weger a first and then prospect uh, Cole Schwinn Uh, so quite a lot now it should be noted that Huberto and Weger are going to be UFAs after this upcoming season so this is not like they dealt long term of both but I think the Panthers are worse I don't think that I mean again I, I've no one's kind of praised the Panthers for this but this was not a huge win for Florida
0: yeah it kind of reminds me a little bit of when uh David Backus signed with the Bruins and it was first announced like David Backus to Boston on a one-year deal and everyone was like yeah this, <laughs> this is great and then like at like five minutes later it came out like oh it's a five-year deal like ah shit no that's not what we want and that's kind of the same with this kachuk thing i think we were in the same boat evan where i think the first tweet whoever was just said like kachuk to fla i was like oh this is a team that already won the president's trophy last year again came up short but i think it's something we talked about with Florida this whole year where they're due to get you know punched in the mouth their first year of like breaking through it's what happens to a lot of these teams before they can go on a, a sustained run they have right a setback. Of passage yeah they have a setback reality kind of hits them in the face and they kind of learn from from it. So you get a guy like Matthew Kachuk to that roster uh, that already can score a whole bunch of goals. Um, you look at what his skill is, his knack for uh, dropping players, for being kind of the fly in the ointment. Just even having him on in the Atlantic is going to be a problem. I mean, you look at like a, a guy like Tom Wilson that the Bruins have to game plan around all the time. Not to say that. Kachuk's a guy who has uh, questionable hits, but he's a guy you have to keep your head on a swivel whenever he's out there on a shift. So when you have him, you add him to that team. Like, all right, well, it's going to be that much tougher for the brooms, especially another powerhouse, the Atlantic. But as you said, giving up Huberdeau, Uyghur, uh, a first and a prospect, I think Huberdeau, I'm fine with. I think that's kind of a lateral move. Uh, you can even say Kachuk's better. He's younger, has a different skill set than Huberdeau. Um, but I think the big issue is Uyghur, because I, I think you look at this team and I don't know how adding a guy like Kachuk while subtracting from the defense with probably one of the more underrated defensemen, I think, in the league and Uyghur. You were huge really on him a team. few
1: years ago. Was, was it an offer sheet you wanted the Bruins to do? for yes, him, or I forget what yes. it was.
0: I, I believe it was either offer. Shoot, I think that, yeah, it was when they were talking about a contract when he was an RFA or even if they wanted to trade for him before they signed a sh- an offer sheet. Or anything like that. Um, he's definitely a guy that I think's very underrated. Um, does just a little bit of everything well. Again, maybe he's not a guy that stands out night in and night out, but just consistently makes the right pass. Uh, usually can square up a guy. Just does everything very well. And there's a guy that adds a lot of value to a team that's traditionally run and gun like Florida. So a
1: perfect number two defenseman yes. for Neckblad, kind of like a Taves with Macar, exactly. And, uh, you know, kind of those guys. Those guys also have to be. Uh, stereotypical here. Don't grow on trees. <laughs> They're yes. hard to come
0: by. Exactly. So I, I think you look at Florida and you subtract Weger. And yes, Kachuk's great. Um, even if maybe he's not a 42 goal, 104 point guy year in and year out, like he was this past year. Again, Calgary had some silly offensive numbers with some of those guys in place <laughs> there. But even if he's a 35, 90 point guy, there's value there. But if you're Florida, you can't expect to win every game 6-5, right? I mean, you look at what's left of that decor. Ekblad, Ekblad, great. But then you've got, uh, was it Gustav Forsling? I think is what his name is. You got yes. uh, Radko Gudas. Radko which, Uh, you've got Brendan Montour, Mark, Mark Stahl, Stahl. Who's thirty-six. Yeah, like you, you got that team. And again, it's also not like you've got uh, a set plan in place. Well, I, I guess you have Bobrovsky, who you're not going to be able to move. But I don't know if he's instilling a lot of confidence in you team. Like it, you already have this kind of flawed decor now with weaker out of the picture and it's either going to fall into Brodsky or Spencer Knight, who again could take a step forward. night. he's a very talented young goalie, but you kind of look at last year, it gives you a reminder that as established and as promising as these young goalies are, they all hit, you know, uh, bumps in the road in terms of the development. So if you're Florida again, you're either hoping to outscore teams, which is not really a winning formula once you get to the playoffs or you're in a spot where you're hoping that a guy like Knight takes a huge step forward. So again, is Florida going to be going to be a problem? Yes. Is Kachuk going to be an issue in the Atlantic? Yes. He's going to be a pain in the ass, but in terms of really moving the needle, I don't really see how it does it right now, at least for Florida.
1: Yeah. I, I keep looking at like, again, that was, Last year for Kachuk was his biggest year ever. He hadn't had a year really even close to that. Um, So clearly Florida must feel they need some tenacity to beat Tampa. I think that's what this comes down to is they felt that a guy like Kachuk could do more damage against Tampa than Huberto could because I think they figure they're going to be fine in the regular season anyway. This also shows they were never going to sign Huberto long-term because they're not going to be able to even when he becomes a UFA. Maybe they try to go for Uyghur again. I love this deal for Calgary. I know this has nothing to do with the Atlantic, but like you can deal Huberto and Uyghur yeah. at the deadline next year for two firsts and two or more really good prospects. And suddenly for Matthew Kachuk, you got three first round picks and a bunch of prospects and right. you have a great rebuild. So I love it from their perspective. Um, but again, Florida, I just look and I go, your D just isn't good enough. Um, and I think that was sort of the big issue with them. And you're right. Kachuk against the Bruins is going to be interesting. Uh, that, that should be uh, quite fun. Also Kachuk versus Kachuk, Ottawa and Florida, same same division. Um, and I was reading about uh, Matthew Kachuk's decision to go to Florida over St. Louis. I'm thinking to myself, like, if you're not from St. Louis, who the hell would ever choose St. Louis over Florida? <laughs> like, what would be the point?
0: Um, uh, as someone who visited St. Louis during the Stanley Cup final, uh, it ain't great, Evan. The you pe- the, pizza. The, yeah, you the, get pizza, the pizza. not good. the pizza. The, the pizza's not good. The arch is there and you take a picture with it. Then you're like, all right, well, the pizza sucks. I, It's hot as hell. <laughs> There's blues fans everywhere. No, it's not great. Gloria's playing. This is terrible. Uh, no, exactly. No.
1: This is hell on earth. Um, no, the people from, me, from St. Louis are fine. But yes, I just again I look at at, at at Florida and I am interested to see Kachuk with Barkoff. That should be an interesting duo. Um, but I like Huberto. I do. I mean, you know, again, a lot of people value Kachuk over Huberto and I think uh, you know, time will tell. Like Kachuk will probably have more production, especially given the situation he's in in Florida. But uh Hubertos in Incredible passer. Um, so who knows? But very uh, exciting stuff. Big news um, going on around the NHL. Uh, but something that's even more exciting is our good friends over at Athletic Greens. We talked to you about last week, but again, product I use literally every day. Started taking AG1 because I wanted better gut health, more energy, bouncing off the walls. Again, as I said last week, and I, I think I surprised a lot of people with this, including you, Connor, I don't drink coffee and I do not use caffeine because I wanted, and I want healthier natural energy and athletic greens gives that to me in droves. doesn't taste like it's super healthy or anything either has a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each and every morning. So what is this stuff with one delicious scoop of AG one? You're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins (laughs) that came I can't count that I high. can't count. <laughs> Minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. A special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. It's lifestyle friend- friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar. No GMOs. No nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting really good. This all supports better uh, sleep quality and mental clarity. Right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. You got some water, you got the scoop. That's it. There's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health, to make it easy. Athletic greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com backslash Bruins. Again, athleticgreens.com backslash Bruins to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. It is good, good stuff. So moving on to the lineup this year, I was looking ahead and, you know, we're focused on when creche might return when Bergeron might return. Again, we're recording this on Monday afternoon. That has yet to happen. Don't yell at us. At, we're not, don't yell at us. We're, we're, we're really not even covering centers in this. We're more looking at the wing pairings um, in the top six, but, Lost in all these things, I think people kind of forget. Brad Marchand is going to be out for quite a bit of time to begin the year. Not even like a month. Could be a month and a half, two months. Are They're going to need him for that rough stretch they have in like November. Um, but it kind of begs a question of who's going to be replacing him. Who is in the top six as wings? And, you know, you look at, you have Jake DeBrusque right now, you know, on the right side. But are you going to put him on the left? Where does Taylor Hall go? David Posternock. Where does he fit in? You also have Pavel Zaka, who you just acquired, who I would imagine would go on the wings somewhere. But you know who else you got? And you wrote about him this weekend. You got Fabian Lysel, potentially, battling for top six spots. So I look at those five, and I say those are the five candidates for the for for the wings. Now, again, we're not going to sit here and speculate. I would imagine it's Bergeron and you down the middle. However... I do think if it is Bergeron, I think you would probably roll with DeBrusque, Bergeron, and maybe Pasternak. Yeah. Or if it's not, you know, if you let's say Bergeron or Krejci don't come back, God forbid, then I guess then then that, who cares? <laughs> <that's like> honest, <laughs> put I mean... us up there. <laughs> then I guess you would probably put Hall with Coil, even though that really didn't work out last year. But maybe maybe something works this year with Montgomery. But what do you think? What what do you what do you look at early as the pairings for that?
0: Yeah, I I think I'd imagine with Martian out for a couple of months, at least I imagine they probably put the back at his usual spot at left wing. I think you look at the fact that he's uh, here for for right now. He's, you know, rescinded his trade off or he wants to get the ball rolling. I think he's excited to be under a new coach in Jim Montgomery. I think for the Bruins, it's all about. All right. You'll probably be right wing later on this season once we get rolling in the second half. But let's start from start from scratch. Start from a spot that you're comfortable in at left wing, top six minutes, and have him rolling there. And then, yeah, it kind of just depends on I think what the configuration is and whether or not Bergeron and Krejci are back. Because you again, it's a good problem to have whether it's Pasternak with Bergeron or it's Pasternak with, with Krejci, right? Either either one of those works. I have to imagine maybe it's uh, if Krejci's back, it's kind of part of the the deal maybe of you get a lot more reps with Pasternak, which then leads to a vacancy at right wing, which as you said, it could be a guy like Lysel, maybe if Craig Smith's still here and you want to give him some early reps and get him rolling. Cause I think Craig Smith's one of those guys that if he starts slow, it's all about, uh, you know, building up his game. So if you give him the brusque and Bergeron, he pots four or five goals in October, November and gets the ball rolling there. I think only good things can happen there as well. So um they have a lot of options between those guys. And again, I almost forgot about Zaka in terms of where he could fit in. And I think, as we both said, when everyone's healthy, I think him on that third line with Coil and Smith or, or anyone on, on the right side there is a good spot for him. But again, if he's a guy that you want to get rolling early, uh, a pretty good way to do that is either give him some set reps with the likes of a Bergeron or a Pasternak or a Hall or anything like that. Um, and see where he kind of fits in on that lineup. But it's all kind of intriguing because there's so many different guys that can kind of fill in those spots that maybe they're not slam dunk candidates, right? Like whether it's like, again, Smith on the first line, what have you, but they're all intriguing in terms of where they fit. I think Lysel is also just a fascinating one in and of itself. Uh, It's kind of what I wrote about that he's a very talented player, but I also think you have to keep expectations in check for a guy like that just because uh, it's very easy to you know, watch his highlights in the WHL and be excited about what he can bring to this team. And he's extremely skilled. If he's not making the team, he's going to probably go down to Providence and do very well. But I think it's all about kind of keeping those uh, expectations in check a little bit, just because I, I think you can kind of get excited about a prospect and they hit a wall. Because again, Fabian Lysel is, what, 170 pounds soaking wet right now? Like, you have to expect there's going to be some bumps in the road there. But if he can impressing in the preseason, have a good start, and he's, let's say, on the third line to open the year, and you allow him to kind of cut his teeth on, on that line with limited reps and give him his first introduction to the NHL, it could definitely work. Like, they, they have a bevy of options, especially on the wing. Again, down the middle, a bit of a different issue, especially in terms of the long-term outlook, but in terms of the overall wings they have, they can really mix and match at the early start of the year and at least try to find different combinations to kind of cover up Lost production, you're going to have with a guy like Marching out of commission.
1: Yeah, see, I'm looking, I just wrote this down while you were talking, and I keep thinking, like, with the way they approach prospects, they don't usually throw guys into Boston immediately, usually take some time in Providence. So it would not surprise me to see Lysell not make the roster. And, and again, Bruins fans, if Lysell does not make the roster in September, it does not mean he's a bust, it does not mean like this guy is going to be terrible. It just means they want to give him some time to adjust in Providence. That's not a horrible thing, that's not bad at all. Um, but I was thinking like you could even do, again, not even going to say a guy down the middle, but you could put, would you put Zaka on the left with DeBrusque on the right and then do Holland Pasternak? I think that's an interesting option, at least to see, I'm not saying that's going to be like, you're going to be, you know, Zaka and DeBrusque together. If someone said that last year, pre DeBrusque breaking out, you'd be like, wow, that's terrible. Um, but with the way in which both guys are kind of looking like their stocks going up, that's an intriguing duo. I, I don't hate that again. We, they've never played together. So who knows, but that's, that's something I would love to see for two or three games to see how they do it five on five. Like can Zaka, you know, can he up his point production? Can DeBrus continue to score goals, things like that. Um, and maybe again, if Bergeron comes back, Bergeron's a perfect guy to center a line like that, where you're kind of mentoring those two young guys, kind of carrying them along. That's interesting. Yeah. That's an interesting duo. That's an interesting trio with Bergeron in the middle. So again, I mean, would you, Would you want to do that with this crew?
0: I mean, it's also going to all come down to what Montgomery wants to do, because I think as much as you looked at the Bruins and the success they had last year, when Cassidy finally split up that top line, you kind of listen to Montgomery and his uh, strategy or the way he kind of views the configuration of lines where you have to have, you know, a puck possession guy, a finisher, uh, you know, a, a setup guy kind of would map out a situation where he could very well go back to the you know the usual suspects of martian and, and postmark once all are healthy so it's just going to be fascinating to see how he kind of organizes those different lines and see how they best fit because as you said there's so many different guys out there that have different skill sets that would fit in like zaka as much as you look at his baseline production maybe with uh new jersey and maybe doesn't bounce off the page you look at where his skill set is where it's transition uh he's had a pretty good uh track record in terms of high danger passes you can put him on a a line with uh, a guy that can finish like Pasternak or what have you or even a guy like DeBrusque and there could be something there you just don't really know it's kind of the same with Craig Smith when you had Krejci and, and Hall together where all right he's a guy he's a shot first guy potential finisher see what works out and worked out great like it's all about I think for Montgomery and I think maybe the Bruins Line of thinking with tweaking these lines is about, you know, finding the different skill sets that each player has and then trying to maximize it based on who else you can kind of surround them with.
1: Yeah. And again, Zaka's is a guy who gets to the net. Well, like DeBrusque showed last year at the end, he can finish. So it's an interesting crew safe bet that they're going to have enough top six wings to fill the spots. Right. Safe bet. When we're talking really safe bets, even safer than that, much well, much safer than that, actually, we talk about our good friends over at Bet Online. They continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's Major League Baseball scores, the latest fighting news, uh, next season's early NFL futures, and NBA and NHL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport and wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet Online, where the game, stats, where the stats. game, stats. Uh, how about those Red Sox, those MLB futures? That should be Holy quite health. interesting. Oh, my
0: God. Quite bad. Not great. 28,
1: was it 28 to 5? Was that the game on Friday?
0: Yeah, which is, like, disappointing because they couldn't even get to 30. Like, if you're going to suck yeah. that bad, like, go for the record. Go for it. I think the all-time records like, 39, which I thought would be, like, a lot higher. I would imagine there would be some game from, like, 1881 where, like, the – Green Bay, like ragamuffins, like dropped like 50 <laughs> runs on a team. But no, it's like 39 was the all time record. So alas.
1: Yeah, I know. I was hoping they'd go for like 40. Just give it. And the once you once you give up 11 runs in an inning and it's like the fourth, just keep giving them up. Like, yeah, just do it. it. Just do it. Like you're not going to win. Just have just, the fans you know. pitch. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Have the fans pitch, you know, have the guy from behind home play with the headphones, like reward him for all those years. Exactly. Get him on the mound. Easy. Easy. Remember that dude? Who? Uh, this is a. This is going way. This is very obscure. But you remember in 2020 when there were no fans there, and man, Alan Webster on the green mon- yes. on the monster, let him come in and pitch. Call him
0: Alan Webster. That was his moment.
1: That was. And get, this reward him for it, it would have been perfect. Would have been perfect. Um, so alongside the uh, questions up front on where guys slot in on the wings, you also have to think about on D. On D, you got issues. Not issues, but you've got guys out too. Matt uh five months from the surgery, which was in the beginning of June, McAvoy, the same, but that's six months for him. So they're going to be coming back in the November, late October, November, maybe even early December range. Um, so those are two key guys you're <laughs> missing on defense. Um, now, again, on the left side, the depth chart right now is Hampus Lindholm, Derek Forbert, Mike Riley, Jakob Zaborl, Jack Oshon. On the right side, you've got Brandon Carlo, Connor Clifton, Connor Carrick. So who goes where, who is the top pairing? Because again, Lindel, granted it was a small sample size, but Lindel and Carlo last year were not terrific together. Yeah. So that's a tough first pairing to open the season with. And I think people are overlooking this too. What do you think?
0: Yeah. I imagine that's probably the first uh, pairing they take a look at just to see if it, they can bounce back and see how maybe they fare in, uh, a new system with Montgomery. I'm curious to see how Kahlo does uh, in a completely new system and whether he's able to, again, as we said before, uh, with Montgomery and the ability to get more offense out of that decor. I don't think Kahlo is going to turn into an offensive dynamo, but if this new system, especially if maybe they go uh, from zone to man to man, if that frees him up a little bit more, it allows him to be a little bit more, uh, simplifies his overall game, uh, if that can get back to the Kahlo we saw from you know, 2017 to 2019 where he was one of the better up and coming defensemen in the league. Um, I imagine that's probably the first uh, deep pair you look at. And that's probably out of necessity as well. Cause as you said, after that kind of becomes, let's just throw everything at the wall, right? Like one, we don't know a guy like Riley could bounce back. But we also don't know if Mike Riley is going to be on the team <laughs> by, by September and October, right. In terms of the moves the Bruins need to make to get cap compliant. Um, but yeah, I imagine you look at maybe something like uh, Forbert and Clifton, maybe which uh, would be interesting as a second pair. Riley with uh, you know a guy like Carrick, uh, Zaborro could be something where Zboril and Riley if they're together because Zaborro can play on the right side. So it's going to be a uh, work in progress, it's going to be a very patchwork. Um, but I think a guy like Zboril, especially, is maybe a wild card on that on that team because again, he was kind of a breath of fresh air. Uh, during that rough stretch from you know november and december where they were trying to find any sort of stability further down in the depth chart so if he can come in build off of this you know the strong numbers he put forth last year especially on the right side and at very least gives you a steady second or third pairing to kind of get through this tough stretch um that'd be that'd be huge for the bruins but i imagine it's Linton home and then you kind of let the pieces fall after that because it's it's going to be patchwork. That's for sure.
1: It's going to be kind of random after that. Yeah. I think. Um. And I got again, like a guy like Derek Forbert, I think is going to have inc- a lot of increased responsibility, especially in minutes. Yeah. And it, I, I, in some ways, I guess it does worry me that last year when they tried to put him as a top pairing left shot defenseman, it really didn't work. Yeah. As a second pairing, he'll have more. Po- I mean, he'll have more minutes, but I don't think he'll have as tough matchups uh, as he did when he was playing uh, alongside McAvoy. So again, I mean, I just look at those, that group, and it's just tough to, you know, you have Connor Carrick there as your third pairing right shot defenseman is, uh, it, you know, is, I think I almost feel better with Zaboral, which is something I never expected to say. But again, mm-hmm. I mean, as you said, like, he was good yeah. in his limited time. As you always said, like, he was a guy who you kind of want as like a lineman. You don't want to notice him. And he didn't. It's the same with like Derek Forbert. You, you almost kind of don't want to notice him either. And that's what I kind of see with a lot of these guys is you like, when they're treading water to start the year, these guys are not going to be standout stars. You just want them to, just not to be cliche, just do the job. That's it. Just break the puck out cleanly. Don't lose your guy in front of the net. Try to limit some high danger chances. And, you know, you can tread water um, until McAvoy and Grizzly come back. Grizzly will come back before. Uh, so then I guess that helps things out, even though you have so many guys on that left side and you only have three right-shot defensemen. So that should be uh, quite interesting um, on the right. But, yeah, that is today's Bruins Beat. We covered everything we possibly could uh, in this episode. Connor, what can people look forward to from you over at Boston Sports Journal?
0: Yeah, uh, this week over at PSJA, we're going to be doing our annual ranking of prospects. So we'll have a few uh, articles out this week uh, going through the usual suspects like Lysel and Lori all the way down to maybe the guys you don't know that much about the guys over in Europe, uh, maybe guys from the 2022 draft class. So we'll cover all the bases there over at BSJ. So please subscribe at bostonsportsgeneral.com. Want to follow me on Twitter? You can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93.
1: Go do all that. Make sure to go subscribe to Bruins Rinkside. On YouTube. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Maranovsky. Brewers beat listeners have a great rest of your week.